welcome to Atari Bytes, the show where we take a bite out of the story within a classic Atari 2600 game. See if that story bites us back. My name is Bill. This is episode 262. Thanks for listening. With me once again is Henry. Hi, Henry. Hello. How are you doing this week, Henry? Good. What's new? Nothing. Yeah? I'm a musician man. Henry's uh, discovered a, uh, not a new skill... He took a lot of piano lessons for a bunch of years, but you have picked up... What have you picked up, Henry? Ukulele. The ukulele. And he's uh, Mr. Ukulele Man. It's, it sounds like Don Ho lives with us now. That's for your older listeners. Uh, your younger listeners have no idea who Don Ho is. But it's been very... Uh, it's been I, I've been in the, the mind of a, a tropical Hawaiian paradise listening to Henry practice his ukulele. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've only had it for a few days, but you're getting pretty good, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wrote a song. He already wrote a song. It's called the Blah Song. He's had the thing for like four days as we're recording this. It's good. It's a great song. It's called the. It's called Blah. Oh, it's got a name now. Yeah, it's called Blah. Blah. I wrote, I wrote the lyrics. Oh, it has lyrics now. Cause I heard the uh, I heard the music yesterday, but I didn't hear any lyrics. So I'm looking forward to hearing that. Yeah, he has a video of it. I do. Maybe. Uh, Maybe uh, sometime we can do a video that he can share with everybody of his uh, ukulele skills. So that's pretty cool. I have not learned any new skills this week. I'm still just me. I guess as this episode's going out, it's almost my birthday. That's pretty cool. Or not. Feel free to send me cards and presents, though. Uh, That includes you, Henry. You can get me a birthday present? I don't know. You don't know? No. You run out of time, dude. As this episode is dropping, it's only like a day until my birthday. That's nice. Wow. Sadly, that's kind of the reaction to my whole family. They're like, eh, that's nice. Yeah, dad's a year older. Wow, big deal. But that's okay. I'm all right with it. <laughs> anyway, let's get on with the rest of the show. We got some feedback over there on the Patreon, which I can't share with you because I can't find my phone. Talk amongst yourselves for a moment. Now you can play most all the video games you'd ever want to play. Introducing the Sears Cartridge Telegame System. Over 150 video games, all on cartridges. This cartridge of 27 target games is included. But you can get more cartridges that have tank games, space war games, blackjack, speedway. Over 150 video games so far. The Sears Cartridge Telegame System. Sold only at Sears. Henry, vamp a little bit. Vamp, 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 fan, vamp. Is that good? Well, that's not exactly what vamp means, but all right. Uh, Vamp some more. Vamp. Hello, I'm vamp. If you had your ukulele, you could play them a song. Yeah, it's upstairs. This is the part where I play some sort of audio for your enjoyment that isn't me talking because seriously i can't find my phone my boat's not gonna work on land and we're back i hope you enjoyed that bit of whatever you just heard (laughs) hey everybody it's sophie oh over there (laughs) apparently she doesn't want to talk to you people so i got a comment on the patreon from patron patrick mccarthy he said Hey, Bill, loved all caps, the Dragonfire episode. And to get a shout out from you and Henry was too great. Thank you both. You're welcome. I'm glad it turned out to be a good game and a well thought out, uh, a well thought of one based on the review you read. 
I didn't remember too much about it other than I played it a lot, and the graphics were cool. Anyway, really enjoyed it. Thanks, man. Glad you liked the episode. Glad you suggested the game. I was not familiar with Dragonfire before, but yeah, uh, I really liked it. It was a good game. I'm sure I'll play it some more. I'm pretty sure in the episode I said it was a good game. I don't know. I think it is. Looking back on it, the whole, you know, couple weeks ago, which is a long time in pandemic world, two weeks is a lot of time. How you doing with the pandemic, by the way, Henry? Eh. Eh? Eh. You are now over halfway through your school year of only going to school two, three days a week. Is that cool? Eh. Eh? I guess on the upside, you've gotten to do things like master the Rubik's Cube, mm-hmm. and now you're learning ukulele. Mm-hmm. You were doing Dungeons and Dragons for a while. Mm-hmm. You haven't done much D&D lately. What's going on with that? I don't know. Did you get tired of it? No. No? No. Just had other things you wanted to try, huh? Yeah. Maybe we'll get back some, to some D&D sometime? Mm-hmm. All right. Um, well, thanks, Patrick. Uh, any of you patrons, uh, I love hearing from you guys. I love hearing from anybody, frankly. So if you have comments or questions or ideas or recipes or presents for certain birthday boys, you know how to reach oh, out. <laughs> Not you. Sorry. Well, my birthday's coming up. You, well, you are going to have a birthday this mm-hmm. year, yes. You know how to reach me. And if you don't, just keep listening because at the end of the show, we'll tell you how to oh, do that. I will need to keep listening. You don't know how to reach me? No. You see me every day. Ew. Sometimes, like, Close to 24 hours of the day if, if you're not at school and I'm Disgusting. working at home. Wow. Pandemics really bring out the uh, best in people, don't they? All right. Well, that's enough of that. Uh, do you have anything else you want to talk about before we get into the game, Henry? No. No? I don't either because there's absolutely nothing going on in the world right now. Oh, we're almost a week into, uh, as I record this, uh, the, the presidency of Joe Biden. And uh, without getting political, let me just say flowers smell a little sweeter Water tastes a little better. I'm just feeling pretty good right now. Hopefully that continues. All right, let's get on to this week's game. This week's game is... I wish I had some sort of a sting right there, like a like horns blasting or, or cheering or something. And if you creative types out there want to send me something to put right there, please do. This week's game is Polaris from Tiger Vision, 1983. This is a one- or two-player game for the Atari Video Computer System or Sears Telegames, using joystick controllers. Very impressive picture on the cover. I don't talk much about the artwork in the manuals very much, but this is a very impressive picture. You got the submarine under the sea. You can see above the ocean, the the missiles flying, and depth charges hitting the water and all that kind of stuff. It's very impressive. We're told that you're the commander of a Polaris-class nuclear submarine. Your mission is to, to defend your country from enemy attack. War has been declared, and you find yourself deep in enemy water with no help. In your battles, you will be required to defend against wave after wave of enemy planes and dive bombers. To make things worse, the enemy has sent their own subs and destroyers. In the course of your battles, you will need to maneuver through dangerous channels full of mines. Don't expect a short war, and the battles get rougher. How many of the enemy can you destroy before they get you? That last thing was all one sentence. Don't expect a short war and the battles get rougher, comma, how many of the enemy can you destroy before they get you, period, no question mark. Hmm. Anyway, we're using the joystick controllers. I said that already. For one player game, use the left joystick only. I guess you can use the right joystick if you want, but you're not going to do very well. Although, not to spoil anything, but looking at my performance on the field report, you might think I was only using the right joystick. And, as always, hold the joystick with the red button to your upper left. I cannot stress enough how much the world needs a t-shirt that says, 
hold your joystick with the red button to the upper left. Hey, I just read that uh, Bernie Sanders took that meme of him with the wool mittens from the inauguration, slapped it on a t-shirt, and sold it at 45 bucks a piece for charity. Meals on Wheels, I think. And made a ton of money. Maybe we do something like that with the hold your joystick t-shirts. Hmm, that's something to think about. If any of you creative types have the time or inclination to, uh, to come up with a good plan for something like that, let me know. I think I like that idea. Anyway, the manual gives us a note. Make sure the console unit is turned off when removing or plugging in the game cartridge. And then, turn the console unit on. The number of players is below the word player, if you can figure it out. To select one or two players, use the game select switch. When a two-player game is selected, players alternate turns. The player currently play- playing is indicated by the number just under his score. One or two. The number of subs remaining is also indicated on the same line. The two difficulty or player skill switches are not used in this game. Difficulty levels are discussed in the game level section. Also, the color black and white switch is not used. The colors used in the game were selected for good contrast when viewed on a black and white TV. They got it handled, you black and white TV people. Don't get all, you know, your undies in a wad, because they got you covered. When you're ready to play, plus the game reset switch. I had a weird thing. I don't know if it's because I was playing on the, uh, on the Harmony cart or what, because I wasn't playing on the actual cartridge, but I would have to hit the reset switch twice to get the game to start. I'm not sure why. But when you're ready to start, you hit the game reset switch. Submarine is placed on the left side of the ocean, and the enemy planes and subs attack. Move fast to avoid subs and bombs. If you want to restart a game in progress, press the reset switch once, and the game returns to the title screen. Press the reset switch again, and a new game begins. That's all pretty intuitive. The Polaris sub can be moved four ways. Up, down, left, and right. What's that song I'm trying to think of now? Upside, down, you turn me. Blah, 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 blah. I don't know. Anyway, the red button fires Polaris missiles in the first screen and fires torpedoes in the second screen. In the first screen, a missile can only be fired after the previous missile has left the screen or hit an object. In the second screen, pressing the red button will cancel the bullet in progress and fire again. There are five enemy objects and each has a different point value. Uh, You have your bomber squadrons, up to five bombers and two squadrons, fly across the screen and drop bombs on your submarine. Point values vary by altitude. Top plane, 300. Middle two planes, 200. Bottom two planes, 100 each. Be very careful to watch out for enemy submarines. The enemy captains are poor at maneuvering and may ram and sink your sub as they patrol across the ocean. They can be found alone or in groups. They're poor at maneuvering when they're just driving straight. Well, yeah, Henry's observing that they don't maneuver at all, really. They just kind of move slowly from usually, the what, the right side of the screen to the left, and they don't really move up or down or anything. But they're big, and they're right there in the middle, basically, and it's, it's hard to avoid them. They do shoot at you sometimes as well. Point values vary by depth. Top sub is 100, middle is 200, bottom is 300. Occasionally, an enemy destroyer will find his way into the battle and drop depth charges on you. Wow, they're ma- really making it sound like this is a poorly executed war. On your side, you have no backup. It's just you. On the enemy side, they just kind of wander in uh, with no real plan. And this is how they're carrying out this war. I don't get it. It's like Donald Trump when he stepped into the office. (laughs) So, yeah. So, Destroyer can find his way into the battle, drop depth charges on you. Since he appears only occasionally, he is worth 800 points. If you successfully fight off the enemy squadrons of dive bombers... He's like one pixel big. The dive bombers were the thing I really had trouble with. They're like one pixel big. Yeah, they're tiny. 
and they move fast, and they're, they're just nasty. They send a dive bomber in with torpedoes to seek you out. The torpedoes are smart, but can be avoided if you're fast. Hitting the dive bomber will be tough, since it is flown by an expert pilot and can maneuver rapidly. This is a big kill with ten, worth a thousand points. Like I say, I had a really hard time with them, uh, the little bit that I played today. You've probably noticed in all the years I've been doing this podcast, I don't spend a whole lot of time with these games before I record. I, I've never really considered this a a a show where I'm, I'm trying to really get into all the ins and outs of the game and really rack up a high score kind of thing. There are a lot of shows that do that, a lot of YouTube videos that do that, and I leave it to the experts. Uh, my deal is I just want to get a feel of the game. This is all, by the way, a cover for me trying to avoid saying that I'm just really bad at these games. Channel mines. When navigating the channel, you will find mines to block your way. Uh, they look like little flashy X's on the screen. Careful. The current and the seas will get rougher as you proceed. Each mine is worth 300 points. Then they have various game levels. This is one of those games where it has like 16 different levels and different combinations of, you know, planes and bombers and subs and all that kind of stuff. You could spend days just playing the different variations. You begin with a squadron attack and have submarines and occasionally a destroyer in the battle. When all the squadron planes are destroyed, an enemy torpedo bomber will appear. If, you're succe- if you successfully kill him, you will proceed to the next level via the mine the mind channel. Note, mines will not appear until level 2 to give you a chance to understand the channel's terrain. Each level has more enemy objects or is faster as described in the table below. And that's the, the chart that I was mentioning. The channel basically just looks like, uh, well, it looks like two things to me. It looks like a river raid without the uh, the other I ships. I said it looks like operation. Henry thinks it looks like maneuvering your, your scalpel through the game operation, which is a, a fair comparison. The other thing I thought of was... Um, Oh, what is it? The Well of Souls? Not the Well of Souls. Maybe it is the Well of Souls. In uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. There's, I'm, no, it's not the Well of Souls. But there's this, the one section where you're in the forest and you have to use like a grappling hook or something to get through the trees, I think. That's what I'm thinking of from uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Kind of looks like that to me. And that is how you play Polaris from Tiger Vision. I'm not rich or famous. I'm not a movie star, rock icon, first responder, nurse, doctor, or anybody else whom we all look up to. I'm just a schnook. Just like Bill, I love to tell stories. Unlike Bill, though, I'm not creative enough to write my own, so I just tell my own real-life stories in this book-read-by-the-author-style podcast all about life lessons growing up and every episode a segment about music music that i love artists that i admire and sometimes even my own music you can find autobiography of a schnook on all your favorite podcast suppliers or you can go to schnookpodcast.com that's s-c-h-n-o-o-k podcast.com And I firmly believe the good goes around, and I sincerely hope that Autobiography of a Schnook proves to be some good that goes around your way. Polaris, in its initial life, was an arcade game from Taito, released in 1980. Became a fixed-shooter Atari game in 1983. Uh, There was also a version for the Commodore VIC-20, also produced by Tiger Vision. The game gained a Certificate of Merit in the category of 1984 Best Action Video Game at the 5th Annual Archie Awards. The reviewer for Woodgrain Wonderland said, 
Compared to the coin op, which appears to throw the proverbial kitchen sink at you right from the start, the difficulty of the 2600 version ramps up reasonably. It's a, an above-average port of an average arcade game. Source material may not have been the best, but you got to give Tiger Vision credit for making a pretty decent game out of what they had. Rated C+. Atari HQ notes that Polaris failed miserably as an arcade game and didn't fare any better as a VACS cartridge, despite having a few bright spots. Polaris lacks cohesion between the two screens. Unlike Jungle Hunt, for instance, each of which is interesting by itself, you end up like you're playing two different games. This reviewer likes the sonar ping noise that the uh, submarine makes throughout the moving through the channel, but it's used only for effect when it could have been part of the gameplay. As the maze scrolls your way, you could navigate by sonar. No noise would mean a clear passage. Games could really be awesome. Everyone starting at the same skill level can be frustrating for the better player who would rather enter the game in progress. In short, Polaris is challenging, particularly as the speed and number of enemies increase, but in this case, the whole is less than some of its parts. For those who are curious, the UGM-27 Polaris missile was a two-stage solid-fueled nuclear-armed submarine-launched ballistic missile. As the United States Navy's first SLBM submarine-launched ballistic missile served from 61 to 96. It had an inertial guidance system, thrust vectoring, and a 1XW47 3xW58 thermonuclear weapon with an operational range of 2,500 nautical miles, which is 4,600 kilometers, used by the United States Navy and the Royal Navy, designed between 1956 and 1960. But then used, like I said, all the way up to 1996, which, knowing nothing about missiles, sounds like a really long time to me. Also, to be clear, this game has nothing to do with Polaris brand off-road vehicles and snowmobiles. Having said that, if Polaris would like to sponsor this podcast, I'm not going to say no. So, Polaris, send me an email. AtariBytes2016 at gmail.com. All right. Any thoughts before we take a break, Henry? No. All right. After the break, we dive down deep into the game, then nuke the crap out of a story. Remember Sea Hunt? I think there was a submarine in Sea Hunt. Or the hunt for Red January continues. That was a terrible opening, but that's okay. Hold on. My cameraman is standing by to start the game. But I have to introduce our special guest as the hunt for Red January continues. Our special guest, Alec Baldwin. Just kidding. Alec Baldwin's not really here. It's just Henry and me. Uh, So we're going to play Polaris by Tiger Vision, or as this title screen tells us, the Electronic Boat Division of Taito, I think is what it said. So let's see what this game has for us. Henry's laying on the floor right now, under the camera, trying to, waiting for me to tell him to start the game. Should I let him start the game and get up? Oh, all right, I guess I will. Go ahead, Henry. Polaris. Oh, I forgot. You're going to have to hit it again. For some reason, it makes... Let me hit the reset button twice. Wow, I hit a passing plane without even trying. Which is good, because I can't hit them when I do try. Uh, I got it that time. I'm not very good at timing the shots. Why is that? It was just... Play, it was, why is it flying right side up and upside down? 
because it's very talented. Man, I was looking at Henry instead of looking at the game. Whose side are you on? Man, and I crashed into the other submarine. I really was doing better at this game when I was playing before the camera was turned on. Honest. Thank you, Henry. Why is your why is your helicopter flying under the ocean? That's not a helicopter, dude. That's a, it's uh, a helicopter. submarine. Can you hit the reset button again? I was busy talking instead of paying attention to the game. Why is? I know it looks like a helicopter, but it's not. It's a submarine. Anyway, those kind of heat-seeking missile things, I'm really bad at avoiding, as you could tell in the last effort. This thing. I'm really bad at this thing. It's one of those, even when you know it's coming, you kind of freeze and you can't get out of the way. And then I get distracted and run into the other submarine, which weirdly just kind of floats by, unconcerned. It's a good-looking game for the early 80s. Honest, I was better at this earlier. I at least want to live long enough to get to the second screen, to show you the second screen. Man! Cameraman, will you hit the reset again? Hey everybody, this is a dead spot in the Polaris field report where you audio field report listeners are missing the exciting action going on in the game because Audacity glitched a little bit. Uh, so I'm sorry about that. In just a couple seconds, it will pick up in my record setting gameplay and proceed from there. So, apologies. Why are they flying boats? They do look like boats. They also look like fighter jets, and like, they also look like the Blue Angels. Yeah, maybe. See, that's that a, was a destroyer. That was a destroyer. Yeah, they pop up every once in a while. Maybe they're not actually heat-seeking. That's just what I call them. I forget what the manual called them. Man. I think that was it. Alright, well I did a little better that time. Still kind of embarrassing. Uh, good thing it's not on video or anything. Back to you in the studio. Hey everyone, this is Michael, one of the hosts of the Atari XEGS Cart by Cart podcast. Do you like Atari? Of course you do. What about the 8-bit computer line? It was one of the best. Well, how about you consider joining Bill, David, Kieran, and myself as we review the cartridge-based games for Atari's 8-bit computer line. We also review budget games which are mostly released only in the UK. But that's not all. We also dig up game history, share personal experiences, and perform questionable comedy. 
You'll get all of that and for free just by listening to us on either iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Player FM, or from our website at xegs8bit.com. That's X-E-G-S, the number 8, bit.com. And when you're done listening, please send us your hate mail because we really need the feedback so we know someone is tuning in. Hey, let's take a break from you listening to me talk so that you can listen to me talk. Hell's Serial, Very Short Stories Fortified with Essential Syllables, is the new short story collection from, well, me. Every box, or book, is chock full of bite-sized stories in every genre from sci-fi to fantasy to literary fiction to cheesy spy stories and everything in between. Zombies in Love, Twisted Car Races, and the aforementioned Devilish Breakfast Food are just some of the tasty bites you'll find. Toy surprises? You bet. How about social commentary and the meaning of life? Pizza Dakota ring any day. With both funny stuff and drama, Hell's Cereal gives you the marshmallows and the toasted oat flakes. Oh, and words. Lots of those, too. Pick up Hell's Cereal, very short stories fortified with essential syllables, wherever you like to get your books. Not cereal. Here's the thing about Polaris. I know the reviewers were kind of like, eh. Whatever. I think the game's kind of fun. I sucked at the uh, dive bombers, dealing with those. The channel screens, other than getting a nice memory of River Raid, didn't do much for me. Maybe they get harder as you go and a little more fun, but mostly it's just a nuisance. And I just really want to get back to the dive bombers and the destroyers and stuff. I do think they could have done a little bit more with the sonar ping and so forth. It might be nice if you heard the explosions or you heard the splash of the depth charges or something. Those kinds of things, but that's all uh, That's all ear candy. It uh, doesn't really need to be there. It doesn't replace good gameplay. I don't know. You know, again, I, you guys know I don't rate the games necessarily, but I suppose if I was rating it, I'd give it uh, B minus, I guess. You didn't play it, Henry, but how'd the game look to you? Mm. Is it a game you think if you were going to sit down with the Atari, you might play? Maybe. Maybe? All right. Oh, what's that? It's time for, we haven't done with these segments for a while, it's time for a segment of what game is Henry playing while we podcast about a different game? What game are you playing, Henry? You're playing poker now? I thought you were playing an airplane game earlier. I was. What, what kind of poker are you playing? Know. What do you have to do? What do you have to do? Win. What do you think? <laughs> I know you have to win, but is it like five card draw, seven card draw, blackjack? How many cards do you have? Two. Two? Yeah. Is it 21? Is it blackjack? No. Why do you only have two cards? I don't know. Can I see it? No. Do you only have two cards because they haven't dealt you the rest of the cards? No, I only gave it two cards. Is it like a high card kind of thing? You have to, if you have the high card, then you win? No. Mm-hmm. All right, I can't wait. It's loading. I'm waiting for the. Right. Game. I'm waiting for the game to Loading, loading. Please stand by. Your game is loading. I know that was eerie, but it wasn't actually Henry's phone. That was just me. All right, can I see it? No, I'm. I'm up enough. I'm up right now. How do you know you're up if you don't even know what you're playing? Because it has... You have a king and a jack. See, it counts down the timer. 
bet or check. It's a king and a queen. There's a jack, uh, sorry, king and a queen. And then on the table, there's a, a jack, an eight, and another jack. And they just dealt another card. Ten. Ten. I don't know what's going on. It looks like like a five card draw. Or not five card draw. Five card stud, maybe. But Henry's only got two cards total, so I, I don't know what's going on. It's some sort of poker, basically, uh, is what you're playing. And this has been. Wait, wait hold on. Are you winning? How much money do you have? 120000 because I put 120000 at the beginning. Oh, okay. You just started. All right. Yeah. So he's got a he's got a bankroll of 120000 and he's hoping to get his college fund, basically. This has been, what game is Henry, is Henry playing while we podcast about a different game? It's story time on Atari Bites. Yes, it's story, 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 story time with Bill. Henry, do you have a story this week? No. Okay. Well, I do, fortunately. This week's story is titled Downtime. My phone buzzed again. The same number as the last three calls. Kevin's number. I let it go to voicemail. Again. Listen, Kevin's my boy. Like a brother and all that. But lately? Lately he's been a little too much. Pandemic lockdown and bouts of unemployment made Kevin a little weird. My phone chimed. Text message. From Kevin. Just one word. Dude. Dot, dot, dot. That was him telling me to answer the phone. No thanks. Last week, Kevin called at 3 a.m. I was up, deep into Carpet Buyer 3, Wall to Wall, a surprisingly fun game centered around flooring. I was stuck on vinyl versus laminate, so I answered the phone. Dude, I said. Dude, Kevin said. Find your socks yet? I asked. His third call that day, no, fourth, was all about his missing blue Argyle socks. Does anyone wear Argyle socks anymore? Did they ever? What is Argyle anyway? No, Kevin said, damn it. Kevin talked for 45 minutes straight while I beefed up the stats for my carpet buyer. I had accumulated enough points to add discerning shopper to my attributes. Another hour or two and I'd probably get an eye for color, too. I missed most of what Kevin said. Do you know that I sang Bohemian Rhapsody all the way through four times this morning? Kevin said. I'm not at your apartment, so no, I said. No, I guess you're not, Kevin said. So, what you doing tomorrow? A couple of conference calls, write some letters, I said. I've been lucky enough to be able to work at home. I'm one of those guys who, terrible as the pandemic is, hasn't really suffered economically. I still work, but no commute. But Kevin? He's just sort of there. Mostly not working. He's just there, waiting for the pandemic to end and the world to begin again. It's like I've continued to live my life, and he, well, he exists. What are you, damn, up to tomorrow, I said, as my carpet buyer ran out of tax. I'm going to find that damn milk jug, Kevin said. Uh, oh, right, the milk jug, I said, finally remembering. Are you still on that? 
When the pandemic started, Kevin was still trying to be upbeat about the indefinite solitary confinement we were all facing. He determined that he was going to clean out his storage bin in the basement of the apartment building to find some milk jug that, supposedly, was a signed commemorative A.J. Foyt Indianapolis 500 milk jug. I don't know where he got it, or why he got it. He doesn't even like racing. And anyway, that was months ago. Cool, I said. Then, maybe I'll work on my Tai Chi, Kevin said. With sword? I asked. I couldn't afford the sword I wanted, Kevin said. Oh. I was pretty disappointed. The near-death TikTok videos would have been awesome. One afternoon during the pandemic, Kevin called. Not texted. Called. During the day, so I thought something serious must be wrong. I answered. Kev, is everything... But then Kevin shouted, I found my socks! What? I said, kind of grumpy. I was supposed to be hopping onto a video conference and my boss mucked up the access code. The Argyles? They're in my possession again, Kevin shouted, really proud. It was weird. Whatever, I gotta go, I said and hung up as Kevin started to say something else. He didn't call me for about a week after that. Finally, I called him one Friday night after I finished my weekly Zoom call with my brothers. Kevin doesn't have any family. Just me, I guess. Hey man. I said when Kevin answered, Haven't heard from you for a while. Where you been? Here, he said, kind of quiet. Always here. Did you go out today, I asked? Mask up and take a walk or something? Not today. Maybe tomorrow, he said simply. You okay, man? Sure, he said. Don't want to keep you from anything. Is this about when I hung up on you last week? It's okay, Kevin said. I laughed. Who said I was apologizing? I was joking, of course, but I don't know if Kevin was. Gotta go, he said, tired. But you don't do anything, I started to say, but he was gone. A couple days ago, I finished Carpet Buyer 3. The end game is a showdown with the big boss, Rugburn. A tough match, but I had the wall-to-wall cheat codes. I was just about to start playing Cantaloupe Thumper, a fruit-purchasing strategy game, when Kevin's name popped up on my phone. I picked up. Dude! Kevin shouted, laughing. Dude, I did it, man, I did it. Whoa, slow your roll, man, I said. You did what? You didn't think I could do it, but I did it, Kevin said. Are you drunk? I asked. Nope, but I'm gonna be dunked, Kevin said. Uh, I had nothing. I finally did it, Kevin said again. What, Kevin, I said, what did you do? Remember how you said I couldn't build a submarine? No. Well, you were wrong, Kevin said, laughing some more. I built a flippin' submarine, and now I'm gonna patrol the ocean floor. No COVID down there, my man. And it's quiet, but, like, it's good quiet, not lonely quiet, you know? I don't... I I don't understand, I said. You're going somewhere? Nope, Kevin said. I'm going under somewhere, Kevin said. See ya! He hung up then. That was a couple days ago. Should I have called him back sooner? Maybe. I couldn't really go over to his apartment, COVID and whatever. I know he didn't get out much, no job to fill up his time, but I was weirdly busy, you know? Even in pandemic times, I was busy. I did wonder what the hell he was talking about. How could I not? I wondered if he built a toy submarine or a model or something. But I wondered, like, wondering when you're analyzing a good joke or a joke you think should be good, but you're not sure why. It's not like I ever thought he was serious. But then I got the call.
I'm Kevin's emergency contact. His landlady left this weird message on my phone. Who's gonna pay to clean this up, she said. I didn't like the sound of that, so I ducked out of my fifth video conference of the day and hauled ass over to Kevin's apartment building. I stumbled down the four or five steps from the building's entrance to Kevin's basement apartment. When I opened the door, I was stunned at what I saw. The place was soaked. Like, everywhere. Damn, I said. It's all over, Mrs. Tallulah said, coming up behind me while maintaining a safe distance. I never seen so much, you know, wet. Neither had I. The carpet, which had a weird big rip down the middle for some reason. The furniture, Kevin's Fantastic Four comic collection. Floor to ceiling, everything. Like a tidal wave swept through Kevin's studio apartment. And swept his submarine out to sea? This is ridiculous. Big splash. Roar like a like a lawnmower, the neighbor said. Mrs. Tallulah explained. No, not a lawnmower. Like a hundred lawnmowers. And he doesn't even have a yard. And then it was just quiet. At least, that's what the neighbor said. I saw feet on brown-pantsed legs out on the sidewalk go past Kevin's living room window, come down the stairs pound on the door, and run back up out the door. Mrs. Tallulah opened the apartment door, and a large box was sitting there. She dragged it in. It was stamped, Outrageous Oceanware. I ripped the box open. Hey, that's a felony or something, Mrs. Tallulah said. Whatever. Inside the box was one of those admiral hats you see captains wearing on 18th century sailing ships in the movies. What the hell? No one's seen your buddy in two days. Apartment's going to start to mold and stink, Mrs. Tullo said. When you see him, you tell him I'm taking the cleaning cost out of his deposit. I went home. Tried to call Kevin a couple times. He didn't pick up. Didn't answer texts. Scrolling through my own texts, I noticed a bunch from him I hadn't read before. One said, Dude, do you understand how buoyancy works? Others said things like, Building a submarine. Should I start with the inner hull or the pressure hull? Do you know if the home repair store has ballast tanks? Dude, you gotta come over and see this. Look through all look through the window maybe. That reminds me, this thing is bigger than I thought. Not sure how I'll get it outside. May need an alternate plan. Ideas? This is so cool. I pulled up a corner of the living room carpet. Won't believe what's under there. Could be the answer to my problems. This bridge fin design is kicking my ass. The last few texts I saw kind of got me. They were from like the last day or two. Hey, can you come over and help me with the fin placement? This thing's big enough we can stay apart. Man, I'm almost there. Seriously, can you come help? Never mind. Guess you're too busy. I never answered him. Thought the texts were just Kevin being Kevin. But who the hell knows? Listen to your lockdown friends. You never know what they're up to. Hi, this is 8-Bit Rocket, Jeff Fulton, from the Into the Vertical Blank Generation Atari podcast. And you are listening to the incomparable William Pepper and his wonderful stories of the game within a game on the Atari Bytes podcast. When you are done here, come visit us in the Vertical Blank. Now, back to Bill. And that's our show. Thanks to Henry, as always, for joining me today. Anything you want to say to the people, Henry? No. Man, a few words. Good for a podcast. Thanks to Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com for Creative Commons' use of his songs, Reformat, Take a Chance, and Pinball Spring. 
Thanks to Sean Tortney for the storytime theme. Thanks to at M. Carp for the What Game is Henry Playing? while we podcast about a different game theme. Dive down deep in the, into the murky depths of Apple Podcasts and nuke the review section with love for this show. Email the show at ataribytes2016 at gmail.com. Looking at you, Pilar's off-road vehicles. Like the show on our Facebook page. Follow the show on Twitter at Atari Bytes or follow me personally at Carnival of Glee. Also, look us up on Instagram. And don't forget, you can call us too. I'm not going to answer the phone. Henry's not going to answer the phone. But you can leave a voicemail at 563-265-1978 about really anything you want. And there's a pretty good chance I'm going to play it on the show. Check out the website, www.carnivalofgleecreations.com. There's all sorts of stuff over there. There's information, show notes, social media, all of that for this podcast, Atari Bytes, and my other show, It's a Podcast, Charlie Brown. There's also information about other things that I've worked on, including books that I've written, like Hell Serial, Very Short Stories, Fortified with Essential Syllables, along with links to just some of the places that you can buy those books. Please also consider supporting the show financially by becoming a subscriber on the Patreon project. Go to the Atari Bytes page at patreon.com, link in the show notes, and sign up. Supporters get stuff. At the two bucks a month level, you get access to the episodes early. These episodes are usually done and ready to listen to well before Sunday, if the week has been good, and you can hear it early if you so choose. At the three dollar per month level, you can do that, plus you get extra content like the videos of the field reports that we do every week. Uh, and other things that we throw up there occasionally. Four bucks a month gets you all of that, plus you can have some input on the programming. You can suggest some games to me that you would like me to play and storify. And the ultimate bonus thing that you get by being a subscriber is you get to hang out with these lovely people. Michael Tyler, Jose Cazeta, Sean Courtney, M. West, Jim Goble, and Patrick McCarthy. They are fine people, one and all, and you should go be among them. All right. Unless you have anything else to say, Henry, all that's left is to tell the people what's happening next week. No. All right. Next time on Atari Bytes, we're playing Porkies. Yes, that's correct. You heard correctly. There is a an Atari game based on 1980s, what would you call it? Is it a teen sex comedy? I don't know. But it's certainly a, a an unusual choice for an Atari video game. It was suggested by Patrick McCarthy one of his benefits for being a $4 per month supporter, she got to suggest some games, and this was one of his suggestions. So I don't know what kind of story is going to come out of this or what this game is going to be like, but we're going to find out next week. So until next time, go play some old games. They've missed you. <laughs>